When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, our early week edition, starring the voice of the Sooners, Toby Bowman. It's called The Game Plan. My name is Chris Plank. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening. And, uh, boy, Toby, what an environment in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Uh, The Trey Young show is real, and (laughs) the Sooners are not just getting every opponent's best shot, but they're getting every opponent's fan base's best shot as well, too, on the road, aren't they? Yeah, this is uh, this has turned into uh, something else. You're right. When uh, Oklahoma rolls into town, it's the lead story on the newscast, and uh, uh, hundreds of fans. You know, we walked over. Michael Dean and I walked over to the arena because it was right across the street from our hotel in Tuscaloosa, and it was raining outside. Not a hard rain, a light rain, but uh, fans were were lined up. Uh, a long line around the arena waiting to get in, waiting to get tickets. I'm not sure what the case was, but it was 10.30 in the morning, and it was a uh, 1 o'clock tip-off. And uh, so that just kind of gives you uh, an indication. It was The student section was full a full hour before tip-off. They uh, had their bird masks on, and they were waiting for uh, Trey to come out of the locker room so they could serenade in. It really was a fun environment. It's unfortunate Oklahoma uh, didn't play better than they did. That's uh, three or four straight road games. They really have not uh, played as well as we have seen them play at times this year. But um, it's it's a big deal when when Trey and Oklahoma come to town. And I think that's uh, an issue for this team right now is matching the intensity of the opponent on the road. Oklahoma played really well on the road early in the year. In the last couple of weeks, they haven't. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons is the opponent is frothing at the mouth to get a shot at Trey Young by the time he walks into the <laughs> yes, arena. they are. 
I mean, they've seen him on every highlight reel, at every halftime show, at every headline. LeBron's tweeting about him, and Steph's talking about him. They want their chance to prove themselves against this guy that is all over everywhere. And uh, and the fan base is exactly like that as well. They want their shot at. And so the opponent, whether it's Kansas State or Oklahoma State or Alabama, has come out the last couple of weeks with their hair on fire, and Oklahoma has not initially matched that intensity. They fell behind to K-State. They fell 19 behind to uh, OSU. They fell behind to Alabama. Now they have, you know, to their credit, been able to rally all the way back and went to overtime with OSU and, and took a second-half lead against Alabama. But early on there has been a noticeable difference in intensity uh, between Oklahoma and their opponents when they're on the road. So, you know, you're going to have to dial it up. They're going to have to dial yep. it up when they go to Austin uh, this weekend because that's going to be the same. The ESPN game day is going to be down there. Texas can't wait for a shot at him. And you can't just roll out there in the middle of the Lions' den and, and play a B-plus game and hope to get a win. And not in this conference, not on the road. And hopefully they can learn that lesson and crank it up a little bit. Has uh, Have we got to the bottom yet? Have you had to do investigative reporting is Trey really afraid of birds, or is that just like one of those myths that started to grow? And the first place I saw it was in Stillwater at Oklahoma State when they had it in the student newspaper. But have we done our due diligence on this rumor, Toby? I've not asked okay. Trey face to face about whether he's afraid of birds. <laughs> I'm, I'm be honest, I don't know where that started. Yeah, I'm with you. The first I had heard of it was against Oklahoma State. Then I saw a graphic. In the Kansas game, I think, that ESPN ran that said he had a fear of birds and they put a name to it. And uh, and and when we showed up in Alabama, the whole front row of the student section had all, I, I guess, purchased bird masks. I, I yeah. don't know, borrowed them or printed them or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. Uh, I guess that's true. I haven't asked Trey... <laughs> I'll try to find a uh, an appropriate moment to do so at some point. My guess is that he mentioned it in passing to somebody at one point, saying, "Man, I hate birds" or something like that. And right. then from there, but I don't know uh, if he has a debilitating fear of birds. I have not seen that. I have not seen that at all. And so uh, we'll, we shall see. Yeah, he won't be parking near the uh, ass parking garage, and the birds love to hang out there. Hey, uh, That's right. I I just – one final thought on, on this team, and not necessarily looking back, but looking ahead. How – and maybe thinking even more so of Texas. It's crucial, and when I say how crucial is it, I, I know your, your answer is going to be pretty crucial. But they need to get a little bit more or maybe more consistency from McNeese, and I don't know how healthy he is. And obviously from anything you get from Kadeem Latin, because you're going up against a Texas team that at least, Toby, appears to have one of the better big men – Maybe in college basketball in Mobamba, but I mean it's, it's a it's a Captain Avi statement when you talk about the need to have some consistency inside, right? Yeah, no, I, that's absolutely true. But I don't know that I I stop at those guys. I, I think that is uh, kind of an across the board issue for Oklahoma is consistency right now. Um, you know, they've been. They played pretty well against Kansas, obviously, to win that game. And then they've had games where they didn't play well at all against K-State. You look at, um, like, Cam McGusty's 
production chart this year, and he was real low, and then he peaked and went real high for about five or six games, and now he's back low again. Right. Um, uh, you know, Kadeem has been – he spiked on Saturday, had a really nice game, but then he, he's gone down and had several games where he's only scored two or three points, had foul trouble. So I think um, I think that is a, a little bit of an issue. I mean, the good news is they've got they're, – they're deep, and so they've got a lot of options, and more nights than not. They've been able to find one or two guys to go with Trey, and that's been enough to get the win. Either Brady's been hot, or Christian's hitting shots, or Kadeem's playing well, or Jamani comes off the bench. You know, they've got enough guys, or Cam, or Christian. They've got enough guys that somebody has has been able to put it together. But I do think Juan has a little bit of a sense of not knowing exactly what he's going to get out of of uh, everybody on a night in night out basis. Brady's been Brady's been consistent. But it's not a good consistent. He's been great at home and and fairly unproductive on the road. But he's consistently done that. Right. You know? <laughs> so uh, hopefully they can turn that around on the road anyway, and he can start to hit some shots there. I would say one of the guys that's been the most consistent for them is Richard Odoms. Yeah, it's not always scoring for him, but you can count on Richard to he's going to come ready for a fight. He's going to play really good defense, and uh, he's going to get you, you know, somewhere between six and ten points in any game. But he's going to play hard, and his effort has not wavered all year. Uh, Trey's probably been the most consistent of everybody, and you know, point production and assist production. It's been pretty much in the same area all year long. It's peaked at times, and he's had really big games, but he hasn't had any really bad games. But, yeah, the bigs, when they face Mo Bamba down in Texas, they're going to have their work cut out for him. Everybody is, just because he's such a great shot blocker that those little floaters that Trey likes to hit under the free throw line, you know, it's either not going to be there, he's going to have to arc him a little more because that guy's coming for the for the block. If you know it, though, I mean, you can game plan for a guy like that. Yeah. If you know a guy's going for the shot block every time, then you get in the lane and you pump fake and he comes flying out of his shoes and you dump down and you got a dunk. So, Juan Cougar's pretty good about coaching his guys up, uh, but that'll be a that'll be a fun atmosphere. Hey, uh, can you real quick do your impersonation of Twitter when it comes to Trey Young shooting? I heard I, I legit <laughs> laughed and shouted Amen whenever I heard you bring that up on your radio show this morning. What? Don't shoot too much unless you shoot. Wait, re- rephrase it for me. What's the proper well, I, terminology? I've gathered all, you know, there's plenty of advice out there for Trey on Twitter. Every game, it's funny to look at it, whether he plays good or, or OUMs or loses. After every game, there are millions of people offering up advice for what Trey needs to do differently. So it is basically this. He needs to shoot the ball. and he needs to sh- Unless he's not shooting enough, he needs to shoot more. Unless he's shooting too much, then he needs to shoot less. Unless he's not shooting enough and he needs to shoot more but he also needs to distribute the ball more but he got to make sure he passes it to only guys who are going to make shots and if you pass it to guys who aren't going to make shots then you need to shoot more so it's pretty it's pretty simple yeah pretty yeah simple. so self-explanatory there uh and, and again you know part of that is the fascination with the kid right everyone is you still sure i i, I don't i'm not trying to put him on a different level here but Toby, I don't remember ever watching Sports Center where every shot is is broke down like it is for Trey Young. 
as I mean, every every move. It's almost like who's the former Vodtech coach, Seth Greenberg. It's almost as if he's the he's the personal X and O's expert for everything Trey Young and Jason Williams as well. Jay Williams, I guess. Now it's pretty phenomenal to see the type of coverage this kid's getting right now. He's the biggest star in college basketball. Period. Many years. Yep. Yeah, not just this year, in in many years. Uh, And he doesn't play at Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky. He plays at Oklahoma. Uh, An example of that is there were 57 scouts, NBA scouts, at the basketball game Saturday. The most that Alabama has previously had, because I asked their media relations guy, you know, is this obviously it's a big number. Have you had anything like this when Kentucky comes to town? recent years, and he said the, the previous most NBA scouts they've ever had at a game was 36. Wow. They had 50, 57. Now, Colin Sexton's a reason for that as well, the Alabama point guard. Right. He's very highly thought of. But um, Trey's rocket ship to stardom is absolutely amazing. When the year started, uh, it was he was not – projected to be uh, the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. Uh, Malik uh, Newman at Kansas was. Uh, not that they didn't think Trey was good. Trey was supposed to make a difference on this team this year. But nobody had any idea that we were looking at anything close to this. And, you know, it was all... It was all straight up as far as enthusiasm and love and wow. And then you went through that week where it was K-State and O-State and they lost both those games. And the last couple of weeks have been very interesting to watch. As he has started to get criticism, I think because of all of the attention and coverage that some fans across the country have turned against him because they... Um, because it is so much. Right. You know, maybe it's a little bit too much. And so I think he is getting, um, for the first time probably in his life, he is getting some quote-unquote haters. <laughs> and and it's not just unnamed, uh, you know, faceless Twitter followers. It's people on, on uh, television, you know. It's some college basketball analysts or uh, whatever the case may be. And he's 19. And he's an extraordinary 19, but he's 19. And watching Lon Kruger try to guide him through this, you know, emotionally as well as as his basketball game and and how he can best lead this team is very interesting. Uh, There's six weeks to go in the season, and uh, and, and it's not done. I mean, there's going to be more highs and lows as we go. They're going to (laughs) win great games and they're going to lose some heartbreakers I'm sure the rest of the way and watching this young man handle it all um, is fascinating one more example I'm yapping on and on no 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 I love it I love it you have, you've seen every play you've been there for just about every moment this year I'm going to tell you something you're not going to believe okay I have never interviewed Trey Young what are you serious I've never interviewed Trey Young <laughs> we got to fix that I'm courtside, and uh, after a basketball game, how it works is uh, Kevin Henry goes up into the locker room right. and uh, will visit with the two or three biggest stars of the game, and they'll usually bring the third or fourth 
biggest star down courtside to visit with me, as well as Lon Kruger. Freshmen don't usually meet with the media. It's it's pretty rare. On, on occasion, the freshmen will be good enough that they'll meet with the media. Trey Young has gone straight to the press conference every game this year. <laughs> I mean, there's not at this at this point, it's not even a question. Right. If, if he plays terribly, he's got to go to the press conference <laughs> because he's Trey Young. Right. So there has never been an occasion that I've had a chance to. Now we've talked. I mean, right. we've talked on road trips and we've sat and but but in a pick up microphone in his face. It's never happened all year, and that's because he is such a flaming superstar that he's reached the point now, much like Buddy did his senior year, that it doesn't matter how he plays, he's got to go face the cameras. You know, he's got to go face the music. Yeah. So. It's been interesting to watch. You know what? It's funny, too, that you mentioned that because he came on Spotlight with us, and I got to do the interview. So even in a non-basketball setting, (laughs) I ended up kind of – interviewed him the other day on the sidelines of a women's basketball game for (laughs) us. I think every sideline reporter in the country has. (laughs) I've never interviewed the young man. And I'll tell you this, barring, you know, I I don't know when I will. To be honest with you, I don't. I, it won't happen on one of our pregame or postgame shows, just right. because of the setup. But we'll see. I uh, I've interviewed him a couple of times now, and it, just to share another quick story about Trey, we went to practice on Thursday last week to work on some things for the podcast, and I talked to Brady, and it's in the podcast archives. And the first person we see is Trey when we walk in, and he's kind of off on the on the side, and I had my daughter, my nine-year-old, with me, and uh, I shook his hand to say, hey, how you doing? He's like, what's up? And he immediately started talking to my nine-year-old. He's in the middle of practice, Toby. How cool. And, 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 and I think he was working over something with the great Alex Brown, and it's just that shows you how down-to-earth he is. And we started talking about church because we attend the same church. And it just it, it shows you that in the midst of all of this, and as you brought up, the hate from some and the uh, – I mean, euphoric praise that he does deserve. The kid's still pretty grounded. And at his core, he's still just a kid from Norman that's out here living his lifelong dream playing for the Sooners. Yeah, he re- he really is a, a nice young man. Very polite, nice, quiet uh, young man who has handled it well. He, you're right. He'll, the fans are at practice or shoot around. He'll go talk to them or take pictures, sign autographs. He's always extremely nice about that and and he's learning how to deal with all this and yeah. i think oklahoma's learning how to yeah and long Kruger's learning how to deal with it too and and it, it's really good that we had buddy a couple of years ago because buddy was not too far off from this i mean i don't know that the spotlight was as white hot with buddy but it was pretty hot i mean he was probably the most popular basketball player in america that year and obviously won the wooden award and so that to have gone through that, I think, has helped not just Lon and his coaching staff, but the media relations people, everyone at University. You know, Ben Coldagelli, there would be a great podcast uh, interview for you. Maybe ben you've already me. done it. No, Ben hates me. He's mad at me right now. <laughs> ben doesn't hate you. <laughs> the number of media requests that he is flooded with on a daily basis uh, for Trey is, is off the charts. And they, they've just got to pick and choose the ones that one Trey wants to do the ones that are beneficial for him or for the university, and and you know ninety five percent are no's now just because of the volume yeah. of what's going on. So, 
And in the middle of all that, he's got teammates that aren't getting as much attention individually, but their team is, and you've got to massage that relationship oh, yeah. and all that. And, and those players have parents, and you know, it's just it's a fascinating thing to uh, to see everybody go through. All right, uh, big hoops week. Obviously, game day is going to be in Austin. We got Baylor as well this week, so tons coming up. So it's only fitting that I would wrap this up with a football question, Toby, because uh, at the tail end here, the game plan. If you miss Lincoln Riley's presser from Friday or Jessica's interviews with uh, Benny Wiley and Shane Beamer, we're going to tag that onto the end here of the podcast. But I loved Lincoln Riley challenging the fans to get 80k out for the spring game. I also love that I'll be there because softball's at home. April 13th, Toby, I started this push on Friday's podcast, but I think if you're a Sooner fan anywhere in the country, go ahead, circle that date, call a friend you can stay with in Norman, get your hotel reservations in Norman or Oklahoma City. I love the 80,000 challenge, and then, of course, you got baseball and softball going on that same weekend. What a great weekend. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I actually just looked this morning uh, to see where baseball was, and, and you're right, we're in town as well, so... Um, yeah, that's neat. Uh, I, what do we usually have? Around 40? Yeah, 35, I think 35 40, to 40, somewhere like there. So, I mean, 80, he's asking to double uh, the number of people to pour out. And I think, you know, a lot of that will depend on weather and stuff, I'm sure. But, no, you're right. The point is the aggressive nature of the ask is awesome. Yes. You know, he didn't say, we had 40 last year, let's go for 42 this year. <laughs> he said, let's go for 80. <laughs> so, uh, I love that about him, and I think that's just kind of a glimpse into him as an offensive coordinator as well, into the aggressiveness of his personality. So, uh, that'll that'll be fun. This is going to be a fascinating spring oh. uh, with, you know, not just not just the quarterback battle, but certainly the quarterback battle. And so many newcomers that are already on campus that have a chance to be impact players right away as well. So, uh, yeah, this is probably a spring game you're going to want to be at. Great stuff as always, Toby. Uh, have a fun week. And, uh, boy, enjoy another. No spotlight for us this week. Seems kind of odd. But uh, we'll, we'll go in-depth with everything Sooner basketball-related next week. We'll talk to you then, Toby. All right, see you, Plank. Man, that is some awesome stuff from the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, on Trey Young. Unlike anything we've ever seen. And, you know, we forget we had Buddy just a couple years ago. Go back further, Blake Griffin. But I'm with Toby. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this. And there's a lot of different balls that have to be juggled here, if I can use that analogy. There's a lot of different things in the air. And – for Lon Kruger, it's uh, it's got to be challenging. For for Trey to deal with it, it's got to be challenging. For his teammates, for Ben Cold and Jelly, it's got to be challenging. But uh, I know this much. They're fun to watch. And even though it's uh, been a rough little stretch, let's not forget that same team that played in the Final Four two years ago went through a rough stretch much later in the season. I think things are going to be okay. But unsung hero this year, and I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Kevin Henry and – Maybe it's not getting the attention it deserves, but unsung hero, man, what a year for Christian James. Great bounce back season for him. All right, so we segue from basketball to football. And on Friday, we told you about this on the 
tailgate the Sooner Sports Podcast Friday edition that we would have Lincoln Riley and his two newest staff members on our Tuesday edition called The Game Plan. So here we go. Let's do it with help from Jessica Cootie from Sooner Sports TV. Let's meet a man whose last name is all too familiar in the college coaching ranks. He is the assistant head coach for offense. He'll specialize in the tight ends and H-backs, and he'll help coach Jay Bulware with special teams. Jessica Cootie sat down with Shane Beamer. You're coming off uh, working with a team that went to the national championship. You've been very successful in recruiting. Why was this the time and the good spot for you to come to Oklahoma and work with Lincoln Riley? Well, you're right. I was at a very great place in Georgia, and that's a tough place to leave. But, you know, there's only one OU, and this is a uh, program that speaks for itself. Uh, Obviously, I think a lot of Coach Riley as a coach, and then the more and more this process went on, I found out more and more about him as a person. Uh, He and his wife, Caitlin, were unbelievable to my wife, Emily, and I throughout this process and making her feel welcome, which is important as as well. And just felt like it was a great opportunity for me from a career standpoint, but also from a, a personal standpoint. Every coach we talk to on the offensive side of the ball talk about how much fun it is to be in a room like scheming mm-hmm. with Coach Riley. How excited are you to, to get Super. into that part of it? Super. You know, I was uh, getting ready to play Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. The one thing that stood out to me was hearing our defensive coaches talk about, they used the word cutting edge. And they said some of the things that Oklahoma's doing on offense, we've never seen people do. They're on the cutting edge of stuff offensively. So as a coach that's eager to learn, I can't wait, you know, to get in there. Uh, I saw Coach Riley's offense up close and personal when I was at uh, Virginia Tech and he was at East Carolina, and it was a challenge then, but just watching the way that it's evolved and what he's doing with it now and just learn from him, I'm super excited about. How difficult is it to scheme for an offense like what Coach Riley runs? It's tough. You know, I know it wasn't fun for our defensive coaches <laughs> at Georgia getting ready for that uh, Rose Bowl game. Uh, he just presents so many problems and and uh, fortunately, I was on the offensive side of the ball at, at uh, Georgia, so I wasn't having to deal with his offense directly. But it was uh, his offense is one that it was tough for our guys to prepare for. But I know as a as a fan in that Rose Bowl game, the coaches on the offensive staff and the players on the offensive staff at Georgia, they enjoyed watching it to a certain degree during that game as well. You, you've got an offense that, yeah, you lose Baker Mayfield, you lose some guys, but you've still got so many guys coming back. With those kinds of weapons, what mm-hmm. excitement does that bring for an offensive coach like you coming in to get to work with that, that cal- caliber of talent on the offensive side of the ball? A lot. You know, I was somewhat familiar with them from the uh, Rose Bowl preparations and then got a chance to watch them work out uh, this morning. It's a, it's a good-looking team, and I know Coach Riley is excited about the players that are here now. I'm trying to learn more and more about who these guys are. Uh, currently during this process, but seeing the ones that are here and the uh, incoming class of recruits uh, that they've recruited here, we've recruited here, uh, is exciting as well. So you've got to have weapons on the offense. We certainly do, uh, and it all starts up front on the offensive line, and, and I know they feel strong about the, that position group as well. What's the game plan for you? Because like, it is such a whirlwind to get yeah. acclimated with everything and then to get ready to go by spring ball. You think it's a couple months away, but, I mean, it's, it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's a quick transition, but it's an exciting transition. So we're finishing up recruiting right now. I got out here on Thursday or Wednesday night and uh, spending the weekend here kind of getting the lay of the lamb. Next week is the last week of recruiting, so I'm looking forward to getting on the recruiting trail and, and getting out there and, and – uh, uh, spreading the word about what a great place this is, and then getting back off the road, finishing up recruiting with signing day, and then get into the more and more to the football aspect of it as well. So you try and maximize uh, each and every day. You're 
Uh, it's, it's sad, but it's also beneficial in the sense that your family's not out here quite yet. I want to get them out here soon, but uh, you don't have a family to go home to at night, so you're able to utilize some extra hours during the day to get ahead uh, from that standpoint also. He talked about how great of a recruiter you mm -hmm. are. How do you become a person that's successful on the recruiting trail? What's your kind of philosophy on, on bringing the right guys into a certain program? Well, you better be at a great program, first and foremost. And to be able to sell this and the <laughs> academics here at OU, that gets your foot in the door pretty quickly. But to me, I'm a relationship guy, uh, and it's all about developing relationships. And, you know, recruiting something you got to do it every day. I'm one of those guys that... I'm always doing something recruiting-wise because I live in fear of if I'm not doing something, then somebody else is. They're contacting that prospect. So you've got to be relentless uh, from that standpoint. I've been around some good programs and, and good head coaches that I learned a lot about recruiting from. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of hard work, but, it, but you better be a, you know, a good person and genuine in what you're selling. These guys nowadays, they know when you're not telling the truth, and you better believe in what you're selling and believe in the – the atmosphere that, that you're trying to recruit them to. And, and I've been here less than uh, 72 hours, and it's pretty evident to me what a family atmosphere this is, what a first-class place this is, and I and, uh, can't wait to get out there and get going. You grew up embedded in, in college football, obviously, but when were, was the time that you yourself knew that coaching was a profession that you wanted to do on your own for the rest of your life? Pretty early on. <laughs> um, you know, and it wasn't always in my dad's tenure at Virginia Tech. It wasn't, you know, conference championships every year. I mean, early on, there were some struggles and some losing seasons. So I saw the good and bad. It wasn't just like I had saw conference championships. I knew what, knew what I was getting into. Um, but it's kind of all I've ever known. I knew I wanted to be involved with sports somehow when I got into when I got out of college, and uh, got right into coaching right after I graduated from college, and, and haven't looked back. And, and was pretty sure I wanted to be a coach when I started. But after my first day, I knew this is what I wanted to do, and and I uh, have loved every second of it. And it's become one of the most important positions on any staff: the strength and conditioning coach. And what a gym we had for so many years in Jerry Schmidt. Just an incredible guy. All of his former players just raving about what he meant to their career. Everything about the new director of sports performance for football, Benny Wiley, has been of that same level. Positive influence, an incredible mind, and a very energetic personality. I think you'll agree with that as Jess sat down with Benny Wiley. Lincoln talked a lot about how... Um he's known you for so long and then he's talked to you about anytime I get an opportunity I want to bring you on to my staff so um, when that call finally comes what was that like for you and, and how special was it to, to receive that call from him um, you know just to watch like coach Riley like grow up I literally have watched him grow up uh, you know like the call is of course like excitement I'm so excited to come to Oklahoma you know that's the first thing but then you have this different you know, sense of pride, you know, like I'm so proud of him and uh, just what he's done and what he's become and how fast he's done that. And so just you have two mixed emotions because he, you know, he was one of my players. And then I watched him like grow up as a young coach. And so uh, you have, you know, a few different emotions, you know, like mixed emotions, you have pride, but then, you know, you're so jacked up, you know, and excited <laughs> to come to uh, this town and, you know, you know, like this university. The relationship between a strength coach and a head football coach, it's obviously an, an important relationship and balance. So how critical is that, that you guys know each other so well that you can kind of hit the ground running? He said it felt like you guys had never left each other, even though it's been seven years. 
it, it's, it's vital. Um, it's trust. And that's why I, f I felt incredible because all the calls that, that came in over the few years, you know, I said, coach, I'll, I'll go with you. But I'm not going with it. You know, you don't leave your family. You don't leave the time with your family uh, just for anyone. And so um, he, he knows, my family knows. There's time that I'm giving from my family to now, like my new family. And so uh, that trust factor is unbelievable. And he's got to trust me. And I've got to trust him. And he's got to know when I need him to go a little more. And he's got to say, do what you do. And then, you know, I've got to also tell him, hey, coach, you know, we've got to, be smart with them here and just different that just that in almost that unspoken time like on the field I mean I'm looking at him he's looking at me and he needs me to get everybody going I mean all of those different things are so important and I'm his extension you know I'm I'm his voice in the offseason I'm his voice in the spring when he can't be around I'm all the coaches voice when they can't be around so that trust is a is a very important thing and that connection is like unique and so when you work with someone like coach riley it's it's you know it's just incredible because you know who he is as a man you know who he is as a coach he talked a lot about your ability to build relationships with these guys and and how you let them know how much you care about them how do you balance that but then also getting the best out of them when you have mm -hmm. to get on them a little bit in, in that room it, it is no different than being a parent <laughs> you know when you're a parent there's tough love and then there's love, love, but it's always love. You know, I mean, there is tough love. There's stuff that we have to do. If you tell me these are your goals and you understand that we're playing in the last game of the year, then these are things that we have to do. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts, there's no wiggle room, period. End of sentence. However, there's, there's love in there. You know, there's times where like, I've got to take care of you. I've got to, I've got to back you down. I've got to get you in with Scott and Jim and make sure they're taking care of their, they're all those dynamics. But um, all that comes with, with that like relationship. If you know that I, that I love you, that I'm going to do everything for you, that there's no corner that I'm going to cut, that I'm going to give you my very best day in and day out. Then you know that when I ask you to do more, when I tell you that we are going to go again and that wasn't good enough and we're going to go again and it's 110 degrees and we're going to go again, that trust is built there. That bond is built there. Um, and so that's where you hear like relations. It's not we're hanging out and we're buddies because it's not buddy at all. It's, you know, like this is a man that's trying to get me to perform at my best, but he also has my best interest also. This time of the year, how critical is this for the success of a football team in the fall? This is where it starts. This is your like identity as a team. This is where you forge those leaders. This is when uh, that maybe young leader, Kenneth last year was uh, a freshman and just played really great, but now we need you to play great and be vocal. You know, so you're building those, those like leadership um, like characteristics. Trey, you were a young freshman, you played great, awesome, but now that's now not enough. I need you to get a little stronger, I need you to get a little faster, I need you to continue to play great like you did, and I need you to make sure you teach all the young, you know, like mid-year guys how to do it just like you did it. And so this is that time where you build your culture. This is where you take what all those coaches want from last season and say, hey, coach, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that, and you, can you do this? And make sure they remember that and this. And so you're taking all that information and you're giving it to, like, your team. And so, I mean, this is where it starts. If you're not willing to pay the price today, you don't deserve to play in that last game. 
How did you prepare yourself to be able to hit the ground running when you didn't have a lot of time between when you got hired and then you got to start working out with these guys? You obviously know the team already. Did you go back and research the team? Do you already have workouts kind of in place? How did you kind of get your schedule in place to hit the ground running? Um, a lot of prayer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is, I mean, again, when, when you know as a strength coach, this is the time of the year. So you kind of start doing your homework, you start getting your like workouts ready, you start getting everything kind of prepped just in case the call comes. And so you're ready to hit the ground. I mean, that's just how it is. When you do get that first initial call, I mean, you're going on the website, you're looking at names, you're getting backgrounds, you're, and of course I followed, because I mean, this is my guys, I mean, these are my staff, so I followed the season. So I now remember, you know, all the plays. I remember the names, I remember the things that kind of were going on that you kind of hear on the outside, you know, and so, it just makes it easier when you walk in the door and you know like half of the staff um, because you know what their like expectations are. You know how they coach. I know like how Coach Simmons coaches. I know what he expects from his wideouts. You know those things are. It makes it easier to kind of walk in and hit the ground running. But um, I mean, you just don't miss a beat. It's just if this is what you do and this is your passion, you walk in. We're very fortunate that we had that first week, that kind of like discretionary week where guys are coming in on their own. You know, we're getting to kind of know each other, train a little bit. They get to see me train. That trust is kind of earned a little bit right away. And then like starting this Monday, we there was no holding back. It's time to go. So Lincoln talks about how you like to do the workouts with the guys sometimes. You've had a little bit of time with them, not a whole lot yet, mm. but you got an initial front runner of who you'd be, pick as a workout buddy in this group? Um, you know what? Um, <laughs> over the years, this thing has grown into something crazy. You know, that's just how you earn trust. You earn mm. trust if we're training with you. I, I don't do it all the time. Um, I do it when they need me to. I do it uh, when they need to be pushed because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. The only reason I train as hard as I do is because I want them to understand that we're in it together. Only so when I ask more of you on Saturday afternoon in Dallas, Texas, when I need you to bring it, you know what I'm asking for. You know we've, we, we've done it together. We've, we drop sweat together. And just like in battle, just like all my Army buddies, all my Air Force buddies, like all my Navy buddies, when you have trained and you, you've kind of gone through that sweat and that torture a little bit together, you can ask a little more. And so on Saturday, no one will be able to ask more than me. I'm going to ask and I'm going to demand it and I need you to make a play right now. So no player that you would pick early as a front runner to, to work out alongside you? Oh, there's, there's so many. It would, be, it would be unfair, but like I like Kenneth a lot. Yeah. He's a, he's a great leader. He's a good young man. Um, he does everything right. Uh, but there's so many of those guys. You know, Trey's the same way. Caleb is the same way. There's so many of these guys. Um, Alvarez, I mean, you, you could go all the way across the board and name 50 guys that you would say, yeah, I like that guy, I like that guy, I really like that guy, I like that guy. <laughs> and that's why this program wins, is because there are good young men that do it right, that train hard, that understand it, that get it. And we wrap things up on the game plan by hearing from the boss, head coach Lincoln Riley, and kind of his state of the Sooners address, if you will, for January. I almost feel like you may need to do like one of these a month, maybe take June and July off, but kind of cool just to hear from uh, Coach Riley. Addresses a lot of issues, including the excitement of 
basically getting back to football. A, a different feel, you know, this January. Certainly it, it feels more like spring recruiting than, than what it normally feels like, having having so many of these guys wrapped up already, you know, having really just a couple of spots, honestly, in this 18 class that we're recruiting to. So we've been spending, you know, plenty of time there, but we've really been able to get a jump on our, our 2019 prospects and beyond. So uh, I think our coaches, uh, recruiting staff, have really done a good job, again, of being prepared. It was something that we anticipated and feel like we've, you know, been very, very productive here uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and got one week to go here on the road. Uh, I had a chance to go out to, to Mobile yesterday and, and see our guys practice at the Senior Bowl, which was a great event. You know, really, really awesome to see to see Baker and uh, Dimitri and Oboe, uh, you know, just kind of getting to live out that dream. Um, those guys, I think, have practiced down there very, very well from talking to, to scouts and NFL personnel. Uh, and it was great to see them on the field competing. Uh, saw a lot of the same great things that we were lucky enough to witness here over the last several years with all three of those guys. So. Uh, thrilled to get down there and get a chance to see them and, and, and show our support. Uh, a couple things I uh, want to announce today, and then we'll get on to uh, to our new hires here. Uh, we are going to have our, our pro day on March the 14th here, which that'll be a, a pretty popular pro day. Excited about having a chance to, to, to host that. Um, I know we'll be well represented uh, here um, and certainly going to have a lot of attention on it, which has uh, become the norm here at Oklahoma. So excited about that for our guys that are Getting ready to take that next step. And then, as I think we released uh, a couple of days ago, our spring game is going to be on April the 14th. So looking forward to that. We've got a lot of really, really cool things planned uh, for that spring game that we'll announce as we get a little bit closer. But it's going to be a, uh, a great event, going to be one that you know we want to be the best spring game in the history of Oklahoma football. And we're going to do a lot of things on our part to, to make sure that it's a great event for our fans. Uh, uh, you know, something that I think is going to be a little bit new for them. So I think they'll enjoy it, and then we're looking forward to uh, to getting to that date, and it'll certainly be a big recruiting weekend uh, for us as well. Uh, on to the new hires. Before I get on to our uh, our two guys here today, uh, two, uh, two graduate assistants. We had two guys that exhausted their graduate assistant uh, eligibility here. Uh, each GA can do it for three years at a certain school, and then by NCAA rules, they have to move on. So Marcus Walker, uh, and Tyler Tettleton, you know, will be taking that next step in their progression. They're, they're two great young coaches. You know, somebody's going to be smart enough to hire these guys up. They've done a great, great job for us. Tyler was one of the first guys that I met when I came in here as offensive coordinator three years ago and has been kind of with me step by step here through the last three, three years and has, has been a big part of what we've done. And then uh, Marcus has just done a great job with our with our DBs. Done a really good job helping us recruit, helping us develop those guys. Two really outstanding young coaches. Um, so uh, to replace those guys, we've hired two guys. Uh, first is uh, Damon Magazoo. Uh, Damon comes from East Carolina. Uh, played for for Ruffin uh, and I there. Uh, was a, a great player, uh, really cerebral player. One of those guys you knew when he decided to hang it up, had a chance to be a, a great young coach. Uh, his dad, Dave Magazoo, has, has been an offensive line coach in the NFL for, for many years, so he comes from a great background. And uh, when this job came open, he was this was somebody we thought about immediately and glad to welcome him to Norman. Uh, another guy we don't have to welcome to Norman has been here for a while, KC Gundy. Uh, we're going to hire uh, uh, as the uh, offensive GA to replace uh, Tyler Tettleton. So, Obviously, he's uh, Coach Gundy's son. Uh, has been with us here as a student assistant the last few years and has done a tremendous job. So we're excited to see him take that next step. Uh, on to these two hires, uh, and obviously we're two critical hires. Uh, you know, starting with uh, the strength hire. Uh, 
you know, first I'd like to say, you know, and I think everybody in Sooner Nation, you know, we thank Jerry Schmidt for all that he all that he did here. I, I can only speak to, to three years worth, but obviously he put together a, a tremendous run here, was a big part of the great run of success here over the last, you know, 18 years. Uh, was very, very close with him. He did just a tremendous job and had an opportunity uh, at Texas A&M that made sense for him, especially from a family perspective. And uh, so um, he decided to make that move, and, and we love Jerry and wish him, to, wish him absolutely nothing but the best. Um, but when, when that job first came open, uh, my mind immediately kind of zipped to one guy. Um, and I talked to several throughout the process. I wanted to make sure I was, you know, doing it the right way, talking to a number of people, making sure that, uh, that you know, my mind was, was purely settled on one guy, but it all kept coming back to, to Benny Wiley. Uh, you know, Benny, uh, our history started at Texas Tech together where he had just become the head strength coach when I got to Texas Tech and, and through the, the pretty good run that we had there was a, I thought one of the, the, the biggest keys uh, to, that, to that tremendous run we had there. Uh, he's, a, he's a great family man, first and foremost. He'll, he'll be a, a great part of this community. Uh, he is a you know, very, very accomplished strength coach, very unique in the way that he trains and approaches our guys. And, and I think he is as good as he is as a strength coach. He is probably even better as far as helping continue to build and mold the mentality that we want our football program to have here. And that strength coach is just such a critical part of that uh, in each and every program. And honestly, as I thought about Benny and some of the other strength coaches out there, that really, as I, I set aside you know, our criteria and what we wanted to bring in, that really, honestly, to me, was the most important thing. Uh, somebody that could help us continue to build the mentality of, of toughness, of physicality, of expecting to win championships, of uh, uh, just what Oklahoma's always been built on. And we're just continuing to try to take that to another level. So uh, thrilled to welcome Benny. Uh, before that, he was an assistant strength coach with the Dallas Cowboys through, through uh, some of the glory years there in that organization. Uh, after Texas Tech, he went to Tennessee and then to Texas. Um, did a great job for those two programs. And then uh, he uh, has been out of the business for a couple of years, uh, has been in Abilene, uh, ran his own gym there, uh, did a few things on uh, a reality show on NBC. He's done a lot of training with the armed forces, has really continued to grow and progress in the profession. I know every time that I even thought, you know, even sniffed a head job, he was always the first guy I would call to say, hey, if, if this happens, would you come with me? And uh, so, this time we joked when I called him. I said, "Hey, now I'm calling you. I actually really have a head job this time. So uh, this is not. This is for real. Um, so he's 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 off to a great start with our guys. Our players, you know, love him. It, it doesn't take long. He's got just an amazing way with those guys, and I, our players are re are already uh, really responding at a high level. Been been really happy with the the first week or so here. So thrilled to welcome uh, Benny, uh, his wife Jen, their three children. Uh, they're going to be a great part of Sooner Nation. Um, the second one, uh, of course, Shane Beamer uh, that we hired as our 10th coach. Uh, he'll be our assistant head coach for offense. He'll coach our tight ends, uh, our inline tight ends, our H-backs, and then he's also going to have a, uh, a, a pretty serious role within our special teams. The, the 10th coach was an interesting deal. Um, it's new. Uh, everything's new for me still at this point, but it's new for all of us. And there was a lot of talk within the business of, 
you know, what do you do with that coach? When do you hire him? I mean, that was, you know, the number one thing that people have been talking about now ever since that rule passed several months back. And the more I thought about it, my, my initial strategy was to be patient. Um, I wanted to make sure before I went and hired that 10th coach that, that our staff was going to remain intact. Um, and I did not want to go rush into hiring a 10th coach and then maybe the staff shifts some way and then you wish maybe I would have done something else other with this with this position. So so I was definitely patient with it. I really did not give it much thought throughout the season until after the uh, until after the Rose Bowl. And then once the dust settled from that, started to think more seriously about it and had a chance just to reflect on the year, reflect on our staff, the setup. And, you know, the, the only question for me was two things. Who's the best person we could go hire? And then what makes the most sense for us staff-wise? Where, where are our biggest holes? Where are the areas that we can continue to improve? And where can I help our assistant coaches? And uh, Shane is always a guy that, that has come into my mind, kind of like Benny when jobs that have come up uh, that I would always have you know, loved to hire um, and lucky to be at a place here where we were able to, you know, to, uh, to get him to come. Uh, he's, uh, our relationship started when I was at East Carolina. We got a chance to know each other from playing, uh, playing, uh, Virginia tech throughout all those years, running into each other on the recruiting trail. And, and we really stayed in touch ever since I've always kept an eye on what he was doing from Mississippi state, uh, to South Carolina, to, of course, to Virginia tech and then to Georgia. Been impressed with the all the different positions this guy's coached. I mean, he's coached just about every position that there is and has done it at a high level. He's been a recruiting coordinator for top classes. He's been obviously a tremendous special teams coordinator. Um, he's, a, again, a, a great family man, a, a great human being, and uh, just felt very comfortable with bringing him to our staff. Uh, when I thought about the fit, there was honestly one thing in looking at our staff setup that I felt like, uh, I did not do a great job of last year, and, and, and really it was the amount of work that we had on, uh, on Jay Boulware. Uh, when, when we first came here from East Carolina, not knowing exactly you know, what way the offense would go, I even admitted that to you guys, I think, at our first press conference, that we were just going to let it evolve and, and go with the talent that we had. I, I don't know that I anticipated or, or knew that the, the H-back and the, the inline tight ends would become such a big part of this offense like they've evolved, like they've evolved into. And uh, with that, you know, Jay's role in the beginning was, you know, mostly running backs. You know, you had a little bit of the H-back stuff here and there. And then obviously the special teams coordinator is just a, it's a huge job by itself. Um, as that H-back role, that inline tight end role continued to grow, it, it put more and more on him, and uh, he's done a tremendous job. You see how, I mean, obviously the play of our backs over the last few years speaks for itself. The play of Dimitri Flowers speaks for itself. Uh, Austin Seibert's development, you know, I think is really, really, uh, he's been a key factor in that. He's, he's done a lot of things for our staff, recruited at a high level, but I felt like I needed to spread that out a little bit, and, and this hire is going to do that. Shane will, Shane will coach our, our H-backs. Uh, when he will be involved with coaching our tight ends, uh, you know, we're continue, we will work through kind of how that pans out, but certainly we'll be involved uh, with our tight ends, especially in, when they're in line in the traditional tight end alignment. And again, he's a guy that, that's been in a lot of great offenses. Uh, I think he's going to bring uh, new, fresh ideas for us on, on the offensive side of the ball, continuing to evolve and find ways to get better there, which we've got plenty that we, that we need to address. 
I think he's going to help us from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, the guy's been an elite recruiter for a long time. Again, like I said, has been a recruiting coordinator for several big-time staffs. And then he's going to certainly help us on special teams. We're, we're going to, he's going to take over uh, some of that load from, from Jay. Those will be things that we'll work through here in the coming weeks as we get into spring ball and we'll continue to evolve. But uh, just I don't think I could have found a more quality guy uh, to bring here to Norman uh, and add to our staff. So I'm um, really, really I'm, I'm thrilled with the two hires. I, I don't think they could have gone any better. Uh, they've Again, they've, they've been around our staff just a little bit here. Benny's been here obviously a couple weeks longer, but it feels like these two guys have been here for, for years now. I mean, they've really just meshed in well, which which is a credit to those two guys. So thrilled to welcome all, these, all four of these uh, new hires here to Norman. And uh, like I said, very excited to uh, – to uh, finish up signing day here and uh, then get ready to go make another run. So with that, we'll go questions. In terms of today's game, Lincoln, how, in, how important is the role between head coach and the strength and conditioning coach? And Bob used to talk about that in the summer. You used to, I don't know, I don't think he was kidding. He used to say, hey, I'm turning this over to, no. to Smitty for a while. What is it like <coughs> in today's game? Well, the way the NCAA rules are set out, I mean, assistant or uh, strength coaches can be around them so much more than we can and, and can do so many more things. And they, I think, are have a big part in just building the overall character and mentality of your team, as well as obviously training them and getting them to, to peak physical uh, readiness. And so he is... It's a critical role. It really is. And uh, I think there's got to be a lot of trust. That was certainly a factor in, in, in wanting to hire Benny was the trust that we built up, not through an interview process, but like like I told Joe and them, I didn't need to interview him. We, I interviewed him for seven or eight years at Texas Tech. I mean, I got to see the guy in, in just about every situation that you can. So just already having that trust built up with him uh, has, has been – it's been nice for me. I think he would say the same thing. It feels like it doesn't even feel like there really was a break between us working together. It feels like we're we're uh, we're picking up right where we left off. Lincoln, can you talk about kind of some of your assistant strength coaches, who you retain, and it, and why it, it, does that kind of bridge the gap a little bit, bring you some continuity maybe with the change? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, right now, uh, you know, we're planning on uh, you know retaining. Uh, uh, four of the four of the assistants, uh, Sam Coad ended up going uh, with Benny to Texas A&M, so we've got one, uh, or with, excuse me, with Jerry to Texas A&M. Uh, so we have one assistant strength job open that we're, I think, starting to zero in uh, as far as the guy that 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 we feel comfortable in hiring. So uh, I think we'll get that done here pretty quickly. But it certainly helped, you know, we have a guy like Scott Kolak who's. You know, been here for a long time, been such a tremendous member and was very, very loyal, you know, to, to stay here when he's had a lot of opportunities. And uh, he, along with the rest of our assistants, have really uh, hit it off with Benny. So, uh, yeah, they're they're off to a great start. And I think it's helped. I think Benny would say that it's really helped him get to know the kids here right in the beginning. What kinds of, <clears throat> excuse me, new things will uh, be expected as part of what he brings? Well, I, you know, we want Benny to put his own stamp on it. You know, what he does is very, very good, and I think it's, I think it's like a bringing in a new, a new offense or a new defense or this and that. You, you wanted to, you want to adapt it to the players that you have here and what we need as a program. And Benny's and his staff are going to be able to do that. But you want him to be himself, and you want him to put his own spin on it too. And, uh, and like I said, me having seen him do that for many, many years, I am very comfortable with. You know the direction that we're going to go there. Again, the things that he's going to bring to this team and this program, and I think it's going to be a huge benefit. 
Lincoln, you said you didn't want to hire a tenth assistant till you knew your other nine were coming back. So does that mean you're sure the, all the other nine are are coming back for next season? I, I think we're pretty settled now. You never in this business. I mean, somebody can call in June. I mean, that's there's there's nothing's ever hundred percent. But I feel I feel pretty confident right now that the group that we have will be uh, the same group that we have uh, starting the season next year. Anything happen in the Rose Bowl that sold Beamer on you? Or was there any doubt? Uh, even going into the Rose Bowl that you might be your hire or did something happen in the game you go, well, I really like the way you handled that. Or No, I, I think it just in not necessarily in the game. Uh, I mean, you knew they were going to be good. I think maybe just in the preparation of the game and seeing how good they were on special teams, uh, how well I thought his guys, his tight ends on offense played, how efficiently those guys played, how well he had been recruiting. I think it just – continued to confirm some of the thoughts and beliefs that I had already, you know, had already made or had already uh, felt about him um, as we got to know each other through the years. So that certainly even strengthened it. But, um, yeah, like I said, that's he, Shane was at a great place too. He knows that. So he, he really wanted to be at Oklahoma and, uh, and you know, because Georgia's obviously a great program. Kirby's doing a great job there too. And uh, so proud that he would, you know, take the chance to come coach with us and excited to get going with him. You're at a critical point with your all season. It just started with you had to had to make this change. Did you feel like it was pretty seamless with Benny coming in? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was honestly, a, if it, something like that's going to happen, it was a good time to happen because we had time where we didn't feel like we necessarily had to rush into it. You know, we could do our. Uh, you know, go through our process, make sure that we talked to all the people we needed to talk to, um, all the, the different checks that you have to do nowadays. It's very extensive to get somebody hired in any position. So it was a, it was a good time for it to happen and uh, had a chance to go out and hire the very best guy that we could, give him time to get settled in and then be ready to go as soon as our players step back on campus. So, you know, I went and watched him work out this morning. They, they had missed a beat. They were, they were cranking it out pretty good. What was that time like, well, timeline like for him? How, how, how long have you been in the winter conditioning now? Uh, the first week, you know, at this time of the year, you've got the what the NCAA terms discretionary weeks where uh, you can't have organized workouts. Uh, each school can basically schedule those whenever they want, uh, but you have a certain number that you have to schedule. So we, we stayed with what we've typically done and giving them that first week here when they got back. I think we started school on a Tuesday maybe. Um, we gave them that first week as discretionary, which is good because guys are getting used to a new class schedule. You've got some of your new guys in that you're trying to get medically cleared and acclimated. There's a lot of different things going on. And that gave Benny that first week to just, you know, be around the guys just a little bit here and there, get to know them. And then after the first week, we, we tested for a few days. Uh, that was the beginning of this week. And then, uh, then they've been going at it pretty good here uh, the last few days. Like, and you're going into your first off season. Is there anything you want to change up as far as everything you got to do going into this year? There will be – there are certainly things I want to change and things that I, I want to, you know, continue to, to grow or improve on. Um, don't know that I'm ready to sit up here and, and you know, list them all out right now. But there's uh, – it, it feels like – I told somebody the other day, this honestly feels like kind of the first season in a way, the first – because the, the calendar is a little bit norm, more normal. Um, as far as you know, going through your first off season, your first spring ball, all those things that you know that I didn't have the first year. So, uh, yeah, and you feel like you've got time to implement some of the things that you want to. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I, again, I think it's about evolving and what's best for our players and what we think is going to be best for this team this year. And so, you know, we're going to have to find different ways to reach these guys. Uh, we're going to have different challenges. 
uh, uh, you know, a lot of new players, a lot of players that are gone. I mean, that's that's one of the beauties of this whole thing is you got to find a way to reach each and every team the best you can. So, I think in a way you you got to you know always be re reevaluating, always be evolving year in and year out. Mike, if you're gonna have a situation at quarterback, we're gonna try to find a new one. Do you go back to when you had Shane at ECU and when he won the job? Is there any similarities to that, or do you take anything from that to this quarterback situation? Well, lucky I've I'm lucky I've been you know involved in some form or fashion in a lot of quarterback battles. I mean, I can think about all the all the years at Texas Tech, you know, uh, where we had whatever we had like three or four fifth year seniors in a row start. We had a, a lot of different quarterbacks do it there. You know, was in two different battles at East Carolina, and you know, one here. You know, that have all been really really good battles. So certainly, I go back and. I look at notes, everything from you know how we rep those guys uh, to to how we coach them, uh, you know, making sure that I'm not taking anything for granted in that room. Even though, you know, several of those guys have been in this system now for multiple years, you know, which is going to be a positive. So, I, I feel good about the room. I, I feel very similar to when I stood in this room. Well, it wasn't this room. It was kind of like this room three years ago, and told you know said, hey, I think I don't know who it's going to be, but we got some good talent in there, and I feel like we got enough to get the job done. I, I feel the same way right now. Baseball practice starts tomorrow, today, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, just your your interaction with Skip. I talked to Skip last week. He said you guys got a good plan, right. but that's going to be a lot of ask of Kyler this spring. It is. I think, we're, I think we've even got a better plan uh, than we did last year. Uh, and Pete was great to work with last year, but I think, honestly, I was, I was able, I know, to go back after the fact and say, these are some of the things that I thought we did that were good, and maybe here's a few of the things that we need to adjust. And most of the adjustments, honestly, will probably, uh, you know, probably be in this time in the off season, making sure that we're getting the work that Kyler needs, but also not not overloading him at times because there's a you know there's a lot to be done when you look at both schedules. So um, I think we got a little bit better feel for that right now. Um, I think we've got put together a great plan. Coach Wiley has been working with the rest of our strength coaches, um, uh, both in football and on the baseball side of things, to make sure that we're perfectly in sync. Uh, we've got a pretty good plan for spring ball uh, and uh, and also to accommodate his baseball games as well. You mentioned uh, you, a recruiting weekend for your spring game. That's new this year. Right. Um, this is never really been a place that's bit you know put 80,000 people in the stands for a spring game is there something you can do to I don't know up the atmosphere yeah we're, we're, we're working on it yeah we're working on it but we I'm gonna start saying it right now we need 80,000 people on April the 14th we, we we need you there you know it's gonna recruiting is shifting uh, and you either get out in front of it or you fall behind and uh, so we're Doing everything in our power, in our administration. Uh, you know, Joe, uh, Larry, all our all our group and administration has been great about you know new ideas and ways that we can continue to to push you know to push the effort from our end, and we're going to ask the same of our fan base. Lincoln, how do you feel about your your running back room? Obviously, losing Abdul, but still a lot of quality players there. Yeah, probably feel better about it going into this year than we did last, just because of the experience. You know, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Rodney. Uh, uh, Trey Sermon, you know, Marcellus, they got a lot of, lot of time, you know, they, they got, they got carries, they got, you know, opportunities on special teams. I think we're certainly a, a much more, uh, much, obviously a much more experienced room. Um, and then excited, of course, to add 
uh, you know, two guys that feel like they're new. T.J. Pledger, of course, is new, and then Kennedy Brooks kind of feels like he's new because he was um, out the whole offseason or the whole season with uh, with shoulder surgery. So he's back in full speed and participating in our uh, in all of our uh, offseason drills. So yeah, it's an exciting room. It'll be fun to see what those young guys can do, um, and then also continue to see what you know the guys that have played uh, continue to improve on. And then I think too, another story will be just you know, you know how that H back. Uh, you know, position comes along, you know, no pressure, Shane. Um, uh, a couple new guys, obviously, in there. Dimitri was just such a steady player for us the last three years. I mean, you know, we said it over and over here how valuable he was. So, um, you know, how that position continues to evolve, I think, will be key to that, that whole, uh, to our whole offense. Practices are you going to have before spring break? Are you going to split it up like? We're planning on splitting it up and doing uh, either two or three before spring break, uh, getting those couple of days where we can't be in pads out of the way, and then coming back after and, and finishing up. What kind of impact already has Brendan Bradley Hodges made for you guys? Yeah, Buki's been good. Um, he's, uh, you know, he like all these freshmen, he's he's getting his introduction into into college football right now. Um, not the most glamorous part of it right now, but uh, you know he's done a good job with our players. You know I know uh, done a good job so far with Benny and his group in the weight room. So yeah, only a few days in, but you know he's he's a guy that you know is going to have a chance to make an impact. There's no doubt, and he's uh, he's a worker. And really, that whole group is. It's a for the mid midterm group of guys from. And again, it's early, but they they have a very it's a pretty mature group. You know they they seem pretty set on coming in and making an impact and, and being willing to put the work in. So it'll be interesting to see how they evolve and we'll be excited to get through this off season with them and then certainly to see those guys in spring ball. A lot was made last year of the freshman group that came in and their instant leadership. Does that group, this new group showing that same kind of initiative and magnetism as last year's group? Yeah, no, I think they I think they definitely are. I think it's got a chance to be just as good. You know, that group last year really just came in and really pushed the issue you know pushed older guys a lot of them ended up beating older guys out um just made us a more complete team a more competitive team and we need the same thing out of this group we've we've got you know different holes different areas uh guys in at different positions that are going to have great opportunities and for us to make a run like we did we'll we'll need this group to be very good do you feel like with these new hires it's a chance for you to put more of your own stamp on the staff because you took over so late last season uh, I don't know. They say about putting your own stamp on it. I, I don't think of it that way, honestly. I mean, it's 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 not about me. You know, it's just about finding the best guys that we can for Oklahoma and, and thinking about you know this year and then obviously the coming years too. We hopefully we can you know keep these guys around here for a long time. And uh, but when I looked at the areas that you know we either had a coach leave or that became available it was just who are the very best people we could get that can make the biggest difference in our program and who are people that that I trust and uh, that's how we got to, to Shane and to Benny and uh, so yeah nothing for me I just think it's going to be the best for Oklahoma football. I know you weren't super optimistic about Matt Romar's sixth year have you guys had any update on that? Yeah I don't I, I think his uh you know his his career uh you know will be over here yeah it was just uh wasn't in the cards wasn't something that uh per NCAA rules that was going to work out. You, you mentioned how big the spring game is going to be in recruiting home games have always sold really well for mm -hmm. you guys for recruiting but how much are you looking at trying to get all these guys into the spring you can? Well, it'll be it'll be important, uh, and we are we're, we're gonna we're gonna push to to have a lot of players there. Um, you know, first and foremost, they get a chance to 
to to see our home game atmosphere, which is which is second to none. Um, you know, and if some of these guys aren't going to be able to come to a true game during the fall, this is the next best thing, and they need to see it. They need to feel the energy, the passion, the history, the tradition that we have here at Oklahoma. They need to feel our very best, and uh, so we're certainly targeting that date. Uh, there are other dates that you can use, uh, but uh, that will certainly be our biggest weekend without a doubt. Were you guys surprised Devontae declared early, and how much, even in 2018, will that defensive line spot be important in terms of recruiting? Oh, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd use the word surprised. You know, that's what he and his family, you know, felt were best. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you just continue to evolve. It's no different than a guy getting hurt the first day of spring practice. You know, that's, that's part of it. And that's part of why we've really, you know, made recruiting, you know, defensively, especially that defensive line, a big, big priority. That was a big part of the reason that, you know, that we, that we hired Ruffin. You know, that was a big part of the reason, you know, even two years ago when, when uh, Bob hired uh, Calvin uh, was the, the potential to have some long-term guys there, you know, guys that could really establish themselves. And, and they're, you know, like I said, with the class that we're bringing in this year and the start that we're off to in the coming years on the defensive front, I think that's starting to come to fruition. I mean, that's, you know, we want to get the next, you know, Gerald McCoys and, Tommy Harris's and all those guys. That's where our goal is to get that defensive line back to that caliber. I mean, there's have some of the greatest D linemen to ever play the game that have done it here, and so uh, we need to do it again. You mentioned Kennedy. Could you give an update on Levi Draper? Very similar situation. Uh, surgeries were about the same time. Very, actually, were very similar uh, repairs. So uh, got through the uh, got through the season, rehabbed, and he's full go with Benny and his staff. Were you surprised? Or did you see it coming that Adams? Was going to leave. I saw it coming a little bit. You know that that room. You know when you get three different guys that rush for 140 yards in a game, and you know he he kind of ended up as the season towards the end of the season being our third back, and he was like second or third in the country in yards per carry. I mean, you get it. You know, and and Abdul did it the right way. I mean, it was you know we wanted that we wanted him to stay, and I think in large part he loved Oklahoma, but he. You know, wanted to to jump in somewhere to get a better opportunity, and I can't fault the kid at all. He he gave us everything he had here. He was a great teammate throughout it all, which really that whole room was, which can be difficult when the lineups are changing, but guys are continuing to produce. It was a tough balance, and those I thought that group really did a great job of handling it, Abdul included. So, no, it didn't surprise me that that you know that he did, and and uh, like I said, I love the kid to death. I wish him the best. <clears throat> Thoughts on Joe, college football playoff selection committee? Yeah, I was excited for him. You know, I think it's something that he's he's excited about too, and I think it's great to continue to have you know Big Twelve rep representation. And uh, yeah, I don't think they, you know, I think it was a pretty obvious choice with all Joe's accomplished. Uh, you know, being on the basketball committee, obviously all that he's done here. So I thought it was a great choice by them, and he'll he'll do a tremendous job. So there you have it, another action-packed edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks to Jess for hooking us up with Shane Beamer and Benny Wiley and, of course, Lincoln Riley. Hey, as always, we love to hear from you, and you have spoken. We are working as we speak to potentially have Zach Hefley on the podcast here soon. Uh, he is the guy responsible for all the cool videos that we saw this year throughout the season. So we're working on that. Got a chance to talk to Eric Stryker a little bit last week. We may drop that next Tuesday on the podcast. And as always, your feedback is necessary. So hit us up at OU on the air. You can find our personal accounts. Toby is at T-Row OU. I'm at Plank Show. Also, special shout out to our sponsors, 
Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. And then a special shout out to you for downloading, listening, subscribing, and sharing the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, don't forget on this Wednesday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast with Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald, they talk about the uh, breast cancer awareness the Play for K event, which is coming up for the OU women's basketball team this weekend. Emotional interview with Jan Ross and the head basketball coach for Oklahoma, Sherry Cole. That's coming up Wednesday. And then on Friday, we'll get to know Anna Anusa as one of the hottest names in women's college basketball right now. Take center stage on the Sooner Sports Podcast in our Oklahoma Farm Bureau Sooner Bro, a born Sooner Bread feature. That's all coming up this week. Have a great start to your week. Let's hope we can pick up a couple more dubs on the basketball court. And until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.